Welcome back to the Yellow Box Podcast. This week, we're joined by lead pastor Dave Ferguson as we continue the series, Hero Maker. For more information, please visit us at communitychristian.org. Also, if you need prayer, we invite you to text PRAY to 630-793-6399. One of our prayer team members is standing by and ready to pray for you. Remember, you can always find us on Sundays at the Yellow Box at 9.30, 11.15 a.m. and 5 p.m. We hope to see you there. All right. Again, welcome, welcome, welcome to community. And uh, I don't want to say hello to everybody that's uh, joining us on our growing. We have a growing number of people who are joining us on our online uh, uh, digital um, website, our uh, webcast, so good to have them with us as well. Here's where, here's where I want to start. Um, how many of you would say you're good at math? You're going like, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty good at math. I'm pretty good at math. Yeah, yeah. Anybody else? I'm pretty good at math. How many of you are like, mm, not so good, not so good? I don't know. It's weird. Like, I used to be good at math. You know what I'm talking about? It's like, I, I took honors calculus. I took the classes and stuff, but now... It's, it's like, for me to figure out anything, I have to pull up my, my phone and the calculator just to add two numbers together. And, and if there's anything I've learned about math, I mean, I, I think I've learned three things. There's three things that are, that are true about math, okay? Okay, when it, comes to, when it comes to math, there are three kinds of people, I guess you could say, three kinds of people. There's, there's those that can count, right? And then those that can't count. You with me, no? Now oh, you're going like, oh, this is gonna be a rough one, huh? That's where you already... <laughs> I'll tell you, I wanna tell you a story about a guy who, uh, he was a genius at math, a genius of math. This goes way back in the 1200s, early 1200s. A very famous mathematician, his name was Leonardo Fibonacci. Leonardo Fibonacci, and so you don't get confused, not Leonardo DiCaprio, okay, no, not him. Leonardo Fibonacci, okay, we had to put an X through there so not to distract the ladies. Um, <laughs> Fibonacci was a brilliant mathematician, and they came to him with this math problem. And here was the math problem that they came to Fibonacci with. They asked him this, said, hey, if you put a pair of rabbits in a room, and every month that pair of rabbits reproduce another pair of rabbits, and then within a month each new pair of rabbits reproduce another pair of rabbits, and so on, at the end of the year, how many rabbits would you have? <laughs> a lot. Well, I kind of, it kind of depends, like what's the mood in the room? What's the lighting? Any Barry White music? You know, that kind of, you know. Um, Fibonacci was a genius at math, so he started crunching the numbers. He starts crunching the numbers, and here's what he came up with. He said this, well, at the end of a year, you'd have 466 rabbits. At the end of two years, you'd have 150,000 rabbits. <laughs> at, the, at the end of two and a half years, you'd have more than two and a half million rabbits. And if you keep doing it, it turns into some kind of a weird sci-fi pretty soon, right? How many of you have seen Sharknado? Okay, it's like Rabbitnado. That's what we're talking about here. Rabbitnado is going on. Now, here's why I'm talking about Fibonacci's math problem in rabbits. As followers of Jesus, if you've come to that place where you said, you know what, no, I am, and I've declared myself in alignment with Jesus, I'm a follower of Jesus, if you've gotten to that place, as followers of Jesus, he calls us to be apprentices, and not just apprentices with him, but also, and this is where we've been going to the series, to also pour our lives into other people to reproduce our lives in other people, to help other people become apprentices of Jesus. And in fact, it was so important, one of the last things he told his followers before he leaves planet Earth, here it is in Matthew chapter 28, he says, listen, all authority, both in heaven and on earth, has been given to me, and so now here's what I'm, here's what I'm doing with that authority. I'm telling you, you go. You go and you make disciples, you make apprentices, you make followers of all nations, 
And here's how it's going to work. You're going to baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And everything I've commanded you, I've taught you, you're going to teach them as well. And if this feels like an overwhelming assignment, he adds the last part. He says, if it feels overwhelming, listen, I'll be with you. I'll be with you the whole way. All right, I need a little help on this because the third week in a row, we've kind of rolled out that passage. This passage is commonly referred to as what? The Great Commission, exactly right. And it is the closing challenge that Jesus gives all his followers. And it's one of the reasons, I'll tell you what, I, I'm so excited. I think the series that we're doing called Hero Maker is so important because what we're learning is this, is that every single one of us has a calling, a unique calling, but in addition to that, we're also called to be hero makers. And that's a shift from not just asking, okay, what are my gifts? And that's important. Not just asking, what do I need to be doing? And not just asking, what's my purpose in life? And that's good, but what's great, even better, is when we help other people do that. And we begin to reproduce the mission in the lives of others and become what we're calling hero makers. And throughout the series, we've been asking you to, to do this. We started in week one. We said, who are those people? Who are the people that God is asking you to pour your life into? And chances are those people are probably, it might be somebody um, at work, because there's many of you that have positions of great influence. It might be somebody in your neighborhood or some bodies in your neighborhood. It might be a particular group that you work with. And for a season, you know what, for a lot of us, it might be our, these little people that God's given us at home. That might be the people right now. Who are the people? What is the place? And what we're doing is we're giving you five what we're calling powerful practices. And we've got through the first two of them. And I want to remind you, the first thing, if you're going to be a hero maker, really multiply your influence for the, for the good of God's kingdom. Here's the first thing. Point to your head, okay? Go ahead and do that. Come on. There you go. Come on, come on, everybody. There you go. Come on, come on. Thank you very much. All right? You got to point, you got to start thinking like a hero maker. Right, you have to think like a hero maker. And when you begin to think like a hero maker, what you begin to do is you begin to recognize the important role that we can play in helping others become all that God meant for them to be. Not just myself, but others. Does that make sense? That's the first thing. You've got to start thinking differently. Then the second thing you have to do, not only point to your eyes. Point to your eyes. Come on, come on, come on. I can't go until you do it. There we go. Guys, now you have to see. You start to see, very good. You start to see the world differently. You start to see the world like a hero maker. And you begin to recognize. You look at that person next to you. Go ahead, look at her. And you go like, wow, this person has amazing potential. There's amazing possibilities. But you don't just go like, yeah, what do you do? You look to the next person. And you go, that person has amazing possibilities. See how that works? And we start seeing the world differently. We take the focus of ourselves and others. Now the third thing, put your hand on your heart. Come on. Put your hand on your heart. There you go. Thank you. This is, now we're going to talk about how you live like a hero maker. That's where we're going to go, how you live like a hero maker. And the greatest example we have of that is Jesus himself. All right, let's talk about that. How do we actually, when we start thinking, when we start seeing, how do we live like a hero maker? When Jesus goes into his public ministry, age 30, I mean, he's like a rock star. The crowds, I mean, just start showing up. They want to hear him teach because he's an incredible teacher. I mean, the guy does miracles. They want to see the miracles. And there's just kind of a vibe about being around him of love and acceptance. I mean, you just want to be close to that. So the crowds are swarming. If, if he was around today, he could easily be an Instagram influencer, okay? That's how big he was. But I want you to get this. This is really, really important. The crowds were not the focus of his ministry. 
The crowds were not the focus of ministry. When Jesus is getting started carrying out his mission, look, look what he does. Here's, here's, here's what he does. First thing, one of those days, Jesus went to the mountainside to pray. He spent the night praying to God. And when morning came, he called his disciples to him. And he chose, how many is it there? He chose 12 of them who he designated as the apostle. I want you to get this right at the outset, okay? Jesus very prayerfully, maybe this is what you need to do. Prayerfully and intentionally just selected a few people, just a few people that he was going to pour his life into, that he was really going to make a difference in. And that's the first thing we learn. Here's the first thing we learn about Jesus when to live like a hero. Maker. He selected just a few. When we wrote this book, Hero Maker, we, uh, we actually had someone go through the Gospels. That's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the biographies of Jesus. And we said, okay, how many events are there in the life of Jesus? What we discovered in the biographies of Jesus, 63 different events. Now, when you hear about 63 events, you probably think, I did anyway, most of his time was, you know, like, uh, like uh, feeding the 5,000 or the Sermon on the Mount. He's in front of big crowds of people. But when you actually break it down, what you discover is that 46 of the events he spent with the few, just with the disciples. Only 17 events he spent with the crowds. In fact, 73%, 73% of his time was spent with just a few people. So the first thing we have to get is just a few. And here's the thing. I think in our hurried, fast-paced culture, a lot of us, we end up eager to connect, and we can, with hundreds and maybe thousands of people through social media, and even, and even through our career networking, and our community involvement. But here's the question I want you to wrestle with. Can you name one person? Can you name two? Can you name a few people that you are intentionally pouring yourselves into to help them become everything God meant for them to be? Can you name a few? Because see, if we're gonna be hero makers, we have to live our lives differently. And I'll tell you what, I, I am, I'm, right now, I'm talking to me as much as I'm talking to you, because here's the deal, like just even, like this, this weekend, okay, we have four different services, and I mean, and there'll be, a, you know, two or 3,000 people that'll come through here, right? And so I'm just keeping it real. It's, you can kind of get a buzz going like, hey, this is kind of, I mean, some of you are introverts, you're going like, I wouldn't want to be up there, right? But other you're going like, no, please give me a chance. I'd like a rebuttal. Um, it's kind of cool to get to, but this, is, this was not the focus. The focus for Jesus was, no, he just picked just a few. Who are your few? And I want you to think about this. Who are the people, maybe, maybe God intentionally put you in their workplace because there's some few right there that you're really supposed to make a difference in their life. Or in your neighborhood. Who's coming to mind right now? And again, maybe it's the season where, no, the focus really is those kids. Or maybe it's a particular group of people. And once Jesus selected a few, here's the second thing he did. Check this out. He shared his life with them. He shared his life with them. Because right after that, there, there comes this verse in John chapter 3, verse 22. And here's what it says. It says, after this, Jesus and his disciples went out to the Judean countryside where he spent some time with them and baptized. All right? I want to highlight a particular part of that verse there. And here it is. Where he spent some time with them. All right? Doesn't seem like a real big deal, right? Oh, he spent some time with them, right? No, this is a very, very, very big deal. I, I want to, we've, we've talked on the, taught on this before, and I want to hit it again. This phrase here, spent some time with them, is actually a Greek word, a composite word. And the composite is two different words. It's diatribo. All right? Say that after me. Diatribo. One more time, diatribo. I kind of want you to get a diatribo. And diatribo, dia means actually against, and tribo means to rub. And so it literally means like to rub against. 
Jesus spent some time to rub against, or you could even translate rubbing off. Like it says, like Jesus spent some time rubbing off on them. Do, do me a favor, just kind of lean up next to the person to you and just kind of rub on them just a little bit. There you go, just rub on, there you go, that's it, that's it. Don't enjoy it too much, that gets weird, okay. <laughs> nice, that's it, right, right. That's how diatribo works. Because you rub, you rub off on somebody, and pretty soon if you, you, you hang out with somebody, you spend time with somebody, pretty soon you guys, you start talking like each other, you have similar interests, you, you become a lot like each other. Let me, let me illustrate, and I'll, I'll need your help on this one. Um, how many of you uh, ever find yourself at Chick-fil-A? Not on a Sunday because they're closed, but otherwise Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A occasionally? Okay, Chick-fil-A occasionally. And at Chick-fil-A, um, you go in, you get your chicken sandwich. They hand you the chicken sandwich. After they hand you the chicken sandwich, you will be polite and you'll say, thank you. And after you say, thank you, help me out with this, what do they say back to you? How do we all know that? How do we all, it, it's so weird. They always say that, don't they? My pleasure. It's funny, I, uh, I like to play a game when I go to Chick-fil-A. And the game I play is how many times can I get them to say my pleasure? So here's the record. So far my record is 14. If any of you beat 14, my, email me. I want to hear about it. It'll be a challenge. See if I can... 14 times. And here's, what, here's where the point is, though. My, 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 uh, my youngest son, actually, he worked at Chick-fil-A for a summer. He worked for Chick-fil-A for a summer, and he went through their training and stuff. And I was curious. I said, hey, Caleb, so when you go through the training, do they teach you to say my pleasure? And he's like, no, they never taught us to say pleasure. I said, but everybody says it. He says, I know. I don't know what happens, but everybody says it. You know what it is? Go ahead, rub on, rub on the person next to you again. It's diatribo. That's what happens. They hang out, right? And that, that, that particular organization has a strong enough culture that pretty soon they just start talking like each other. I mean, here they are in Chicago and they sound like they're from Atlanta. My pleasure. I don't get it, right? <laughs> but it happens. That's what diatribo, that's what diatribo is. Stuff rubbing off on each other. And so when it says that Jesus spent time with his disciples, it's not just a statement of kind of like hours and minutes, but they did life together. And so here's my challenge. If you're going to be a hero maker, you want to expand your influence beyond just this little small person that we all are, you select a few, and then you diatribo. You let some of your life rub off on them. All right? Now, some of you are thinking, oh, but here's some objections. You're going, like, number one, I, I'm not a spiritual giant. Right? I'm not a spiritual giant like Jesus was. I mean, I'm, I, don't, I don't know if I pray enough. I don't know if I read the Bible enough. If you're thinking that, okay, let me tell you, you could not be more wrong. I want to tell you about uh, Mary. Mary is, is a person in our church, successful businesswoman. She's a mom, uh, could be sitting next to you. Um, and, and here's her story. She, she went on a retreat. It was called the Ultimate Journey. And on this retreat, Ultimate Spiritual Retreat, she learned, started to learn some truths about herself and about God and really experienced some inner healing that was very powerful. In fact, it was so powerful for her that she wanted to share it with some friends. So she had to share it with about three or four other friends. And it began to change their life in a powerful way. God did. Well, then she began to get intentional, kind of like hero making. She set a goal. She said, you know what? I would love to be able to equip or train 10 other women to be able to lead these small groups like that so other people could experience this. She set a goal for 10. Here it is a few years later. Now she's trained 14 other women to lead these groups, and she has three other people that she's apprenticing to lead. I mean, at this point now, there are, I mean, it's easily dozens in the hundreds of people that are being impacted because what did she do? 
She selected a few, and then she started diatribo. The good stuff that God was doing in her started rubbing off on other people. And here's what I want you to get, okay? God has put good stuff in you. God has put good stuff in you. Do me a favor, turn to someone near you and just say, God's put good stuff in you. I need to hear it. God has put good stuff in you. He has put, I'm telling you, please believe this. Because until you believe this, it's going to be hard to make a, have a breakthrough. He's put unique gifts inside of you. He's put unique abilities inside you. He's put unique interests and capacity inside you. And he uniquely placed you where he has placed you. And now, if you'll just do those two things, select a few, and intentionally come along some other person to help them be all that God meant for them to be. Diatribo, you could be a hero maker. Now, some of you are going, like, oh, yeah, but <laughs> I'm not sure I have the time. It sounds good, but I'm not sure I have the time. Because we do, we got, a lot of, we got a lot of responsibilities, got a lot of activities, busy schedules. But here's, here's this thing about diatribo. It doesn't just have to be something we add to our schedule. It's about doing the things we're already doing, but doing them in a different way. Listen to this. For some of you, as I'm talking, if there's people at your work that are coming to mind, right, that you could influence, help grow them in every way, what if you start eating lunch together? You have to eat lunch every week, right? What if you start eating lunch together once in a while? Hey, diatribo. What if you take that colleague along on an important meeting? And as you're driving there, diatribo. You're not adding anything to your schedule. You're just overlapping lives. And here's the thing. For those of you, particularly this group of parents, but all of us that are parents, too. What if, because if, you, got, you got some people in your backseat of your minivan that you ought to be doing some hero making with that are your little apprentices. What if while you're in the minivan, you say, you know what? We're not going to have phones. We're not going to have video, anything. It's just, that's just like a no-phone zone. We're just, that's just when we talk. We diatribo. I'll tell you what else is also great. Bedtime, okay? I'll tell you, up until about sixth grade, I'm talking about the sixth grade, bedtime is probably the greatest opportunity for people development there is because here's the deal. Up until about sixth grade, they do not want to go to bed. They never want to go to bed. They will lay there. You can snuggle with them. They will tell you anything as long as they can stay up later. Right? And I'm telling you, bedtime might be the most important people development you ever do. Or for some of you, maybe students, you're going, hey, yeah, I got a student that came to mind. And if that's the case, what, what if you just brought them along with you on the errands and, you know, you make one stop at Starbucks and everybody's happy, right? <laughs> or what if you had them over for dinner? These are things. So it's like overlapping your life with their life, not adding stuff to your life. Now, as we do life together, we're helping these other people become all that God meant for them to be. We're discipling them. That's the term that Jesus used. Now, one of the tools that we have around here at Community that we've used for years that actually takes it to another level after you kind of select a few and you diatribo is what we call the five steps of apprenticeship. We call it the five steps of apprenticeship. And we'll show you how this works. This, this will also be great in your businesses, candidly, if you're doing people development there. All right, I need a couple people. Would, would you two guys help me out? All right, let's, let's welcome these two guys up here. Okay, they have no idea what they're getting into. Tell me your name. Noah. Noah and Josh. And Josh. All right, come on. Good, good Bible names. Noah and Josh. All right. I've selected wisely here. All right, so let's just say, for example, let's take a particular Let's say I'm leading the Kid City. All right, I'm leading the Kid City because we're doing kid stuff. And, and, and Noah, you're going to be my apprentice. All right? Okay, so come on up here. So Noah, one of the things we do in Kid City every week is we tell a Bible story. And after we tell the Bible story, then we have a discussion questions. And then after we do the discussion, then we have a prayer time. So, now, 
if I'm divesting in you, one of the things I'm particularly saying, yeah, I would love to do more with kids, right? So week one, I do everything. At the beginning, I do everything. I do the Bible study. I also do discussion questions. I also do prayer time. I do, you watch, and then afterwards, we get together and we talk about it. And we talk about how it went, what went good, what didn't go good, all right? That's the first step of the five steps. Second step, then, is I do, and now you start to help. So let's say, you know what, um, since we start with the Bible story, Josh, how about you do the Bible story this week? You're worried about him doing this? No, no. Oh, no, oh, sorry, oh, bad, my bad. Rule number one, diatribo enough that you know their names. <laughs> my bad. Noah, Josh, Noah, Josh, got it. All right, so step number two is then go ahead, you do the Bible story, and I'll do the other things. So you're helping now. And then we talk about it. Then step number three, so you do the Bible story, and now what I do, I, I give you also the discussion. You're willing to do that? Thank you very much. All right, so that's step number two. And then we talk about it. Then you get to step number three. Step number three is now you're doing it, right? And pretty much, and I'm, I'm only helping because I'm doing the prayer time. And then you jump all the way to question step number four. You do, and I just watch. So you're doing the Bible story, discussion guide, prayer time, and I'm just kind of watching the whole thing. And we get together and we talk about it afterwards. So that takes you through the first four steps, right? Well, what do you think step five is? So now you need to find an apprentice. I wonder who could be your apprentice. <laughs> right, and you begin to do the same thing. You give him a piece, and then you give him another piece, another piece, right? No, no, you keep them, and then you give him another piece, and pretty soon, right, and you take the whole step. All right, let's thank Noah and Josh. Nicely done. Good job, guys. Thank you, sir. Seriously, I, I mean, I had, a, I had one of our guys in the first service who's a consultant. He told me, he says, yeah, I work with doctors, and that's exactly how we, t that's exactly how we train them. I mean, you, you can add in a lot more layers and a lot more complications, but at a fundamental level, that's exactly, that's a great tool for how you do it. And here's the thing. Please, 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 okay? This is about you making the greatest impact you possibly can with your life. And I'm telling you, it's not going to be found in the crowds. You select a few. You diatribo. You rub off on them, you hang out with them, spend some time with them. And if there's a particular role like that, just use something as simple as those five steps. As simple as those five steps. And I'll tell you what, you'll be a hero maker. You'll be a hero maker. I, I like to kind of imagine, like, what would Fibonacci do with kind of the Great Commission? You know, if there's an intersection between Fibonacci and then Jesus' Great Commission, I kind of think it's kind of the challenge of each of us living like a hero maker. Let, let's think about it. What if everybody at community took this on and said, okay, I'm going to do this. All right, we got north, way north of 10,000 people that call Community Christian their church home. Way north of that, okay? Let's, so let's say just round off 10,000 people. 10,000 people say, yes, I'm going to take this on. I'm going to have at least one person I'm going to pour my life into every year. And let's say half of those people, half those people every year develop what Jesus calls another disciple. Another disciple. Well, Let's, let's look at what would the math look like. At the end of a year, if just half of them are successful, we'd have 15,000 people that are on mission, developing other people, helping them become everything that God means for them to be. At the end of two years, you'd have 22,500 people. <laughs> at the end of, look at this, at the end of five years, 76,000 people. At the end of 10 years, over half a million people. Look at this, if we get to 17 years, at 17 years, it's over almost, almost 10 million people. 10 million people across Chicago land. That are, that are on mission, being hero makers. You know what that means? That means all of us get to move to a warmer climate because our mission is done here. <laughs> Woo, now we got an amen, right? 
You didn't realize that was a perk. Yeah, they, they maybe send us to Fort Lauderdale or something. Yeah, I'll go to Fort Lauderdale, God says next. You know, that kind of thing. I'm telling you, I, I really believe, okay, this is, this is God's call and God's challenge for every one of us. For some of you, it's at work. So for some of you, it's in your neighborhood. For some of you, it, it, you're, you're getting ready to coach a little league team, and that is the people. For some of you, it's in student ministry in Kid City. For some of you, it's a particular not-for-profit that you work with. You select the few. You spend time with them, and you take them through those five steps. And I'm telling you, the greatest influence of your life will be that right there. All right, I want to close with a prayer. Put your hand on your heart. You guys are getting good at this stuff. This is awesome. I want us to close with a prayer. Because we're already thinking like hero makers. We're seeing the world like hero makers. Now we're going to walk out of here and we're going to live like hero makers. And we're going to ask God. Because we're going to get the bin. He said, lo, I'll be with you always. We're going to ask him for his help. And I'd like for all of us just to pray this prayer on the count of three. Okay? One, two, three. Lord, transform my life. Help me to live like you. And realize that I'm called not to be a hero, but a hero maker. Amen. All right. Let's pray. Father God, we believe. We believe you put unique gifts, unique abilities, unique talents. You put us in particular places for a reason. But Lord, now help us to believe it about other people. Help us to believe it about other people the people in our families, the people in our work, the people in our neighborhoods, the people we hang out with, the people we intersect with so regularly. Help us to believe you put unique gifts, unique abilities, unique talents, and you put them in a particular place, and that we are there not just to be a hero, but to make heroes of them. Lord, I pray that, that you get this. Help us to think this way, help us to see this way, and help us to live this way. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.